Hello and welcome to another episode of the Life After Cardiac Arrest podcast with me, your host, Paul Swindell. And today's episode is about gifts for survivors and others. It's the time of the year where many of us are starting to think about gifts for others because we're bombarded with ads and messages to buy stuff basically everywhere we go. Now, of course, survivors have had the biggest gift that anyone could receive, but I just thought I'd highlight a few things that may help a survivor on their road to recovery. Some of the things I've thought of have a cost and others are free, but I'll explain that as we go along and there's no real order to them. But of course, I've obviously got to give a plug for the Sudden Cardiac Arrest UK um, shop, which is on our website at suddencardiacarrestuk.org slash shop. And we've got a multitude of products in there. Pretty much all of them are produced on what's called print-on-demand. So it allows us to create all sorts of different designs and apply them to a selection of basic products such as T-shirts and uh, mugs, cushions, all sorts of sorts of things. And then we can put them up on the website and make them available. And every time someone purchases it, it will get printed and we will make a couple of pounds for that product. It varies on, on the different product, but between one and two pounds mostly. One of the things that isn't uh, produced by that process is the book Life After Cardiac Arrest, Volume 1. And that's actually available through, it's through the shop, but it's available at Amazon primarily. And that's available in a paperback and um, an ebook form. And that's probably about 20 or so stories and articles from the blog that we've had over the years. And it's received, I believe at this point in time, 25 star reviews on uh, Amazon. So people do like it generally. And I think it helps them contextualize and normalize what they're going through. So it is worth a good read. And also for medical people as well, it helps them understand what survivors and their family are going through. And I'm currently working on volume two as well. Whether that makes it into the store before Christmas, I'm not sure, but we'll see. Um, and as I said, one of the big things that we've got in the store is clothing. And we've got lots of T-shirts, hoodies, and I've just added in some sportswear. Uh, and these just typically have the SCA UK logo on them, but others have a particular theme to them. So we've got ones that I recently did called Reborn. So they will have the, the title, the word Reborn and a particular year going back. Well, I think the oldest one we've got is 1994, but they're not all continuous from, from about 2000 back to 94. There's some missing, but if anyone wants one and uh, it's missing, then contact us and I'll, I'll put it up there. There's other ones pointing out that only eight out of 100 survivors uh, or people survive a cardiac arrest. And there's other ones for basically promoting CPR. We've got a selection of mugs and some new ones have just gone up there, which are entitling wrong person 
but there's a a, a word which is possibly explicit in some circles on there, and some people obviously will like those, and some won't. We got if you're a sporty, there's a water bottle, and as I said, there's a new line of uh, sports performance tops, and we've got some sort of lifestyle type things: key rings, coasters, bags, and a teddy bear. And although not specifically for uh, survivors, we have a, a certificate which is to be to given by a survivor to a saviour. So that's just basically a certificate of recognition. And it comes printed on nice thick paper, or it's almost card, and it can be framed in a in a nice um, frame and given to the the saviour. And just as a side, IKEA do a nice pack of frames which are quite reasonably priced i think there's less than 10 pounds for four of them something like that which go very well with the certificate over the last couple of years i've been uh, very interested in this particular person because he's gone from being essentially just a gp to being sort of quite a I don't think he would like the word celebrity, but certainly a, a, personal, a personality in, in the medical world. And that's Dr. Rongan Chatterjee. You may have heard of him because he had a series on BBC TV called Doctor in the House. He was a, essentially, as I said, a GP and he worked in Manchester for many years. And this series followed people with chronic illnesses and he basically lived with them rather than just going through the 10 minute normal appointment that you get with someone he spent a a good period of a day with them or several days with them and helped them adjust their lifestyles because he was very much of the mindset that it wasn't we weren't helping people in the best way just by medicating them and so he looks at the whole whole lifestyle of the person and strips back a lot of the things that they are perhaps doing incorrectly. And he looks at the things that they do in their life. And he's come up with a number of books based around this. And the first one, which was probably two or three years ago, was called Four Pillar Plan. In the States, I think it's called uh, How to Make Disease Disappear. It's all about sleep, movement, food, and the mind. The books are very applicable to everyone because that's what they're designed for. But I think for survivors that are in an acute state of uh, their life in jeopardy and then going, their body's taking a real pounding after the, the cardiac arrest, we'd be wise to follow a lot of his advice because a lot of it is just very simple and pragmatic type advice. And it certainly can help in many ways that a cardiac arrest survivor may struggle with and he had a book out last year which is called the stress solution and i know a lot of people associate a a cardiac arrest with perhaps a heart attack and stress and he's got a new book called feel better in five which is a five minute daily plan that's easy to main and only requires the smallest amount of willpower so that's his uh, tagline for it so hopefully it will cover everyone um, and if you do purchase any of his books or follow him you'd be um, good to follow his podcast called feel better live more which is 
um, a number one iTunes podcast, and he covers all the subjects that he talks about in his books. And he has some really fascinating guests on there um, from all sorts of uh, subjects, and many of them are very relevant to what we go through. One of the areas that cardiac arrest survivors may struggle with is about the mental health side of things, going through the emotional changes and finding um, the path to the new you. And, and it can be a struggle. But one thing that certainly I found helpful and I know others have found it helpful and it's becoming a practice in its own right, I think, is, is mindfulness. And it's been around for quite a few years in one form or another, but probably in another form, meditation in, in many thousands of years. And there's plenty of resources out there, such as Ruby Wax's Mindfulness Guide for the Frazzled and Professor Mark Williams' Mindfulness for a Frantic World. They're both excellent books and they can really help keep you on an even track. You, you don't really need to spend that much a day doing these sort of things. And it can give you a real positive mental attitude and keep anxiety at bay and you know, keep you on the straight of narrow because, as I say, for a cardiac arrest survivor, it can be a, a rocky road sometimes. And going along with those books, there's also apps, and some of the three or four most popular ones are Headspace, Calm, the Mindfulness app, and Smiling Mind. Some of those, I think, are free, or you certainly have a trial, but then some of them require a subscription to continue them for a prolonged period. And that, that would be a nice present for someone. Hand in hand with having a healthy mind, of course, is, is having a healthy body. And the first step I would take is, is to look at activity. And I found that doing walking post my arrest, I, I used to be very active before my arrest and I've kept active afterwards. And doing exercise outdoors, particularly walking, it's it's a great facilitator of boosting not only your fitness, but also your mental well-being. And it's also proven to actually help um, the cells within your brain regenerate. So it's, it's a real winner as far as your body is concerned and as far as recovery is concerned concerned as well so i know a lot of people struggle with their energy levels afterwards but it can be worth it and so i would suggest getting them some comfy shoes or trainers and some loose clothing or a sports shirt maybe from the the shop and encourage them to start taking part in in activities and in particular you could sign up for a park run which you may or may not know of is a it's a worldwide phenomenon now, but it started in the UK and it's basically doing a non-competitive 5K route in a local park. And it's very, very well organized usually by volunteers. There's no cost to it. You just turn up. They have a bit of a social activity first, a bit of a chat, and then people go on their walk or run you don't have to run it. People do it with their with their children, with dogs, with pushchairs. It's a real great social event. And they say it's actually more for the mind than for the body. And if you think about doing that, 
and you're not someone who partakes in sport or activity normally, you might want to check out the Couch to 5K program, which is sanctioned by the NHS. And they've got their own program, actually, with a free podcast that you can listen to and it can take you through. And there are um, plenty of groups all across the country that will help you go on that journey, essentially taking you from the sofa and getting you up to be able to run or walk that 5k as i say there's lots of communities or courses across the country and there's a health unlocked community that's got eighty-five thousand members in so you'd be in good company if you needed to have someone out with you to help you do those those walks or runs and something that quite often sporty people or people who get into doing activity they like to have a good motivator and keep them going. And one of those things is a, a fitness tracker, such as a, a Fitbit. I've had one of those probably for about 10 years now, and I find it very useful for essentially tracking what I've been doing, keeping me on on target. The Fitbit one links up to the internet and your data is um, recorded over however many months or years you do it. You can look back and see what you were doing maybe a year ago or even a couple of years ago. And it's good for motivation. I find it's um, also pretty good at recording the resting heart rate over time. My one measures my heart rate on my wrist, which tends to be uh, quite a modern way of doing it, although I don't believe it's quite as accurate as some of the other methods with a um, chest strap, like the polar ones or Garmin but it's more convenient. So you you must be aware that if you, you see a spike in your heart rate or fluctuations, especially when you're, you're partaking in, a, in an activity, I wouldn't get concerned about that. And of course, if you're an Apple person, there's always the Apple Watch, which is, uh, I think it's FDA approved, which means it's, uh, it is pretty accurate. But again, I would say it's probably not as accurate as one of the ones with the chest strap. But you need to have deep pockets for those. Another gadget that someone might be interested in, it's not necessarily for someone who's had a cardiac arrest, but it's something called a live core cardio mobile. And this is a little device that's got two little pads on it and you link it up to your smartphone or a tablet. And I think it covers the Apple devices and uh, Android. And basically it allows you to take an ECG on the go. So, you know, you don't have to go to the hospital, don't have to have um, big pieces of equipment. And again, it's been FDA cleared to detect atrial fibrillation or a normal heart rhythm. And it does that in just 30 seconds. As I say, just Put your fingers on the sensors and you've got no patches or, or wires or any, anything, any gels needed for it. And it just records your your heart rate for a short time. And then it will tell you whether you're experiencing AF or whether you've got a normal heart rhythm. There is one caveat there. It's not recommended for anyone who's got a pacemaker or an ICD. So just be aware of that. But if, if you've got someone who's perhaps concerned a little bit about their heart rate, it, it can be a, a useful addition to the, to the toolkit. But 
you do have to be wary that it's not going to make you oversensitive and constantly check your heart rate. What you choose to put on your plate is the most important health intervention you can make. That's a quote from a Dr. Rupi Algela, who's, I think he's on the TV as well as uh, Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, but he's he runs a website called The Doctor's Kitchen. And he's actually been on Dr. Chatterjee's podcast, How Food is Medicine, episode four. And of course, you know, I think that quote is actually bang on, really. And there's lots of books and diets that are out there, but some of them are so uh, faddy and the the science isn't really behind them. I I think some of the basic information in Dr. Chatterjee's books is basically right. Eat a good spread of colour, reduce the amount of meat and dairy we're intaking and just try and eat a balanced diet. And there's plenty of evidence to actually link what we eat with many aspects of our health, including mental health. I would suggest looking at the doctor's kitchen and have a look at some of his books and some of the other popular nutritional books. And some of these suggestions that I've been making will cover my next topic, which is the brain. And it might sound obvious, but the more you use your brain, the better it's going to perform for you. And if you don't use it, you lose it. And of course, when many of us had our downtime, we would have encountered hypoxia. So we would have had our brains would have been starved of oxygen. And that can lead to brain cells dying. And many of us experience issues afterwards, such as memory, focus, fatigue and things like that. And it's been proven that learning a new skill or sport doing some of the things I mentioned before about activity, walking, stuff like that, they can all aid your recovery. So I would encourage you to to try and do something. You know, and one of the ones that's often cited as a, as a good thing to do is to learn to play an instrument. It doesn't matter whether that's the flute or a guitar or whatever. Just try something new. And finally, my last idea of a gift is a therapy pet. One of the things I've seen over the few years running Sudden Cardiac Arrest UK is that many people have got so much comfort, cheer, stimulation and companionship and and maybe even distraction from, from what they're going through from their therapy pet. Many people seem to get dogs and cats. But I know there are there are actual organisations out there that will help you um, come in contact with other animals like horses and small animals and guinea pigs and birds and even reptiles. And I think there is strong evidence out there to show that um, animals, in particular dogs and cats, can provide real help in someone's recovery. Of course, it's not for everyone to have a pet in their own home, but there are charities um, out there that will allow you to go to a center or go to a an event and you can see the pets there and one called charity pets as therapy so that's my short roundup of some ideas for some um, gifts for survivors and others and i hope you enjoyed this and if you have enjoyed listening to the uh, life after cardiac arrest podcast i really would Love it if you could leave a positive review on iTunes or 
any other place where you can leave a review for a podcast. And if you have any questions or ideas for new episodes, please drop me a line at info at southerncardiacarrestuk.org. Thanks a lot, and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.